Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome back to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. John Eldridge and Craig McConnell, we have been offline having a fascinating conversation about last week's podcast where we introduced some of the issues of leadership, following the kingdom of God. It's not a democracy, sort of the Western just assumptions of we love our independence and we don't so much like kings you know, as a rule. And, um, it was actually pretty disruptive. Yes. <laughs> I think you're still very disruptive. Oh, no, I am. I am very. I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, I don't like the direction of this. When I thought we would be talking about how to uh, help others become good leaders like us, and uh, it's turned to am I a follower and I'm realizing how resistant I am to to being a follower of Christ. I'm realizing that. Isn't it amazing? Um, Alan, here in the studio with us, was just making the observation that Christ's first words to his disciples is, follow me. Yes. It, it's a directive. It's a command. He's approaching them as a leader, not, hey, you guys want to hang out for a while? Okay, so this is pushing some major buttons. And, uh, Craig, I want to repeat something of the dialogue we just had. It was so good. You were saying something along the lines of, man, maybe we're bringing to Scripture assumptions or we're putting too much on this word that actually isn't in there in Scripture. Yeah, yeah. I I was just wondering, you know, are we looking to Scripture to address a leadership that just isn't there, that is our concept of leadership? Do we go to scriptures with kind of a lens that we're looking for? And we're looking for leadership tips, techniques, and and uh, insight. And when scripture is primarily talking about relationship, a father and a son, yeah. and uh, yeah. we try and force something out of scripture that isn't there. We're looking for something that's not there. Right. And, and uh, your reaction... <laughs> Um, what I said was, actually, I think it's far stronger in Scripture than we're even conceiving of it. I think it's the opposite direction. Yes, yes, yes. Scripture is all about the relational dimension of the Trinity and Father to Son and you know the Bride of Christ to the Bridegroom. And yes, yes, yes. Love one another sincerely from the heart, as Romans urges us. However, I think that some of our squirming and discomfort with this leadership topic, it's actually stronger in Scripture than we frankly want to admit. You know, submission, following, directives. Paul talks about, no, um, obey your leaders. Obey them. Submit to those in authority. Yeah, I don't want to pay taxes to them. I don't want them legislating. I don't want anyone telling me. I'm just, I'm amazed at the fierce independence I'm experiencing here. And I think that's exactly what Jesus wanted to expose. 
I really do. I think he's pushing our buttons. And, and me or our us? listeners? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly you. Yeah, you're, you're yeah I'm a rack. You're squirming in your seat. Jeez. But I think that's a reflection of all of us, that we don't want this man to be our king, you know? In yes. Luke 19, that there's, there's something about the kingdom of God that is on one side just so inviting and rich and beautiful. Um, healing, restoration, life, and yet that takes place because it's a kingdom. Yes. Okay, so a couple of examples. Um, We teach and encourage and hope that you, our friends, are um, developing a conversational intimacy with God. We teach what the scriptures teach. You know, John 10, my sheep hear my voice, right? That that's available. And I think that Peter's words come to mind where Christ was beginning to say some difficult things. And he does say some difficult things, gang. Yes. He says some unbelievably hard things. You know, if your right eye offends you, gouge it out. I mean, you know, the cost of following Christ and that we're not dinking around here and this isn't a therapeutic model, you know. But so several disciples, a handful, a bunch, hundreds, Um, It's not quite clear from the text, but they leave. And Peter turns to the 12 and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter looks at him and says, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. And so it's that you have the words of life that I believe in listening prayer as I'm asking him as counsel for, you know, is this the right college for our son to attend? Is Ransom Heart on the right track this year? And you know, should we hold this conference in South Africa? Do you want us to go to the Philippines? Do you, you know, all of that practice that we make a very, very uh, central part of the Christian life here is built on an assumption that we're followers, yes. that Jesus is giving directives. But it's just out of a, just a deep confidence that it's going to lead us to life. Yes. Not death, not oppression, not... You know, not some soul-killing, right, uh, legalistic tyranny. Right. You know, but nonetheless, when I come to him, you know, I'm allowing him to speak because I'm intending to follow, mm-hmm. to obey, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're back to Jesus saying, I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. You got a problem with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Yeah. Now, lest you think I'm a total rebellious, lawless, independent schmuck. When the (laughs) dust settles from my initial reaction, I am aware that in my heart that the thing I long for is someone to lead me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I've experienced it through the cancer, through raising the teenagers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, ah, someone show the way, light the path, Mm -hmm. make give me a way at the same time somewhere beneath this fierce independence and I hate kings is the deep longing to have one I could follow and trust and Mm -hmm. give myself to I mean that feels more deep and true of Craig just like our feelings about fatherhood yes Yes, there's the pain the pushback the sabotage the way fatherhood has just been absolutely assaulted in film and media and our personal stories and you know, nonetheless, there's something in us that cries out for a father. 
Mm-hmm. I think the same thing here. And as you're describing, oh, through the cancer, through hard things in our stories, through, you know, marriage and, mm-hmm. and the teenage years, and you know, um, the scripture that immediately came to mind was Psalm 23. Yeah. He leads me to really good things. You know, it's not abusive leadership. It's it's not corrupt, self-serving leadership. And we'll get to that game. You know, we're going to address what it looks like. And but I think what Christ is kind of poking into is we've got this other part of us. This you know, Luke nineteen yes. parable of the minus part of us, where man, there is some serious pushback on just the categories of leading, following, kingdom versus democracy that are just central to Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, in a very raw sense that I get to choose my leader when ultimately, no, there's there's one. There's one king. There's one Mm -hmm. Lord and God. And see, you don't see any of this. You see the pushback, but you don't see any of the practice of the kind of um, communitarian, you know, approach to leadership in the early church. Um, bishops were selected. They were appointed over the people, you know, abbots in certain monasteries. And, you know, whatever the structure of the community, it was just assumed, of course you need good loving, holy, wise, fatherly leadership, and here's your leader, mm-hmm. follow them. Mm-hmm. You know, versus our posture is, if I don't like a sermon, I'm gone. Yes. Let alone a leadership. You know, I mean, it takes very little for us to, you know, bail. And I don't like his hair. I'm God. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've got, what, 19,000 denominations to choose from. Exactly. Know? And see, that's that was our other offline conversation that was getting very uncomfortable was – and this isn't a conversation about Protestantism, Catholicism, but the Catholic faith understands this idea. You don't vote for priests. Mm-hmm. You, you don't vote for your bishop. No, this is your bishop. These appointed by the Council of Bishops. They, you know, there's no other place to go. There's one faith once delivered, and you're not going to make up your faith. You don't get to pick and choose and move here and there. And one of the tragedies of Protestantism is this market mentality of Christianity where it's like, oh, I like a little bit of that. And I like this topping over here, yeah. you know, and I, I go over here for my worship and I read this guy to get my teaching and I sometimes attend this church. And, you know, there's just nothing about what's missing from that model is the consciousness of the kingdom of God, that we live in a kingdom mm-hmm. with leadership and that that's essential and good and holy and beautiful and built on a fatherly model. Yeah. And, you know, we're just like major pushback yeah. on that. So, John, acknowledging that pushback and just the disruptiveness of Christ saying, I'm a leader, I mean, what do we do with that scene? Where do we begin here? to kind of reorient or posture mm-hmm. ourselves or acknowledge what's going on. Yeah, it's so good. I think we start with being a follower. I just want to set all leadership questions aside. Jesus' first directive is follow mm-hmm. me. 
follow mm-hmm. me. And in John 10, you know, the beautiful invitation to hear his voice, he says, my sheep follow me. Mm-hmm. They hear my voice. They follow me. I'm the good shepherd. I'm going to take care of you. It's okay. And I'm going to say some things that are going to be disruptive. You know, no, you can't take that vacation. No, mm-hmm. you can't spend your money on this. No, you can't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you can't just bail on this marriage. Mm-hmm. No, you know, he does lead us mm-hmm. by streams of living water, right? He leads us to life. Um, I think it begins, the conversation begins with what's it like to be a follower? What's our posture towards following our one true king. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Jesus, and I think from there we can sort everything else out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, it just feels so basic that I have to deal with the fact there is a God, and I have an allegiance, or I have a choice of submitting and acknowledging, following, rendering something unto him as God that defines my posture in life of um, being a follower, of um, looking to someone else. That just feels core to life. It's huge, and I'm embarrassed to admit, as you're saying this, I'm, I'm aware that I relate to Jesus far more as friend, mm-hmm. um, older brother, you know, as even good, kind shepherd than I do as king. And it's not that I'm in high rebellion against him. It's not that I'm leading a revolt. I am shocked at how much just the Western mindset of fierce independence and we don't like kings has crept into um, just the way I look at Christianity, the way I look at Jesus, yes. you know, he's my friend. I yeah. love him dearly, but I'm just exposed at, you know, as you're talking about the structure of the universe, there is a God. He demands allegiance. We choose sides in this great war, you know. There's no neutral ground. You choose sides. You choose who you're going to. The old Bob Dylan song. You're going to serve somebody. Great song. Right? Yeah. And it may be the devil or it may be the Lord. In Sacred Romance, John, you talk about how we're, um, we're selective in the metaphors we kind of use as our guide. You know, uh, sheep, shepherd, potter, clay. And we often miss, you know, father, son, or the beloved. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I think one of the things we're saying here is the metaphor of a king, mm. you know, and that that's a pretty powerful metaphor. There's a kingdom with a king that we live in and under, and you have to start there. So what does it take to be a good follower? What does that require of us? I wonder out loud, can you be a follower without being confronted with there's someone greater. I mean, doesn't it take a, not a confrontation, but a recognition that, oh, I am a follower. It's huge, Craig. Yep, that's it. That's it. I haven't named this for a long time in just my understanding of Christianity, but I'm 
Right. You come to a choice in your life. There's some crossroads. There's some bridge that you come to where you yield ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. Right? You literally take it away from yourself Mm -hmm. and you hand it over to God. Right? Like there's some core choice to surrender sovereignty. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying, to surrender sovereignty. I want to act as my own sovereign. Yeah. I want to be the sovereign of my own kingdom, the way I spend my money, the way I spend my time, you know, all of that, where I live. I want those choices to be mine, right? Just right. completely, I'm the king of my little domain, and there's some choice of um, yielding kind of this ultimate sovereignty to God. And that doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in the presence or the recognition or realization that there is one greater than I who Mm -hmm. rightly and truly is King, God. Right. Right. And who has the words of life and, you know, who's going to lead me by, you know, still waters and make me lie down in green pastures and who has goodness in mind for me. In fact, there's this beautiful passage um, through the Old Testament. We hammer the law quite a bit and the law gets a pretty bad rap. Actually, you look back at what most of the law is and it's just completely decent stuff. You know, don't (laughs) rape, don't murder, don't steal stuff from your neighbor. You know, the law is actually great. It like (laughs) rescues civilization from anarchy. But listen, he says to us, he says to us, my laws are for your good always. Mm. You know, we're not choosing blind obedience to – a demonic ruler, you know, we're talking about a good, kind, loving king, but we are talking about just that choice at some point in our life to yield ultimate sovereignty in the details. Like, you can say all these great words, but I'm talking about your choice whether or not to buy a car, your choice whether or not to stay in your current job for another year, you know, where Mm -hmm. the rubber meets the road in those Mm -hmm. difficult things where, where we let God lead Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we trust his leadership. Yeah. And my being a follower uh, is probably an indicator that I see things clearly, you know, that I've got a clarity on, on how, what life is all about. You know, I'm following the one. Oh my gosh. That's a beautiful statement. My being a follower is an indication that I see things clearly. Right. Follow me. Yes. Yes. That what I see clearly is I suck at this. <laughs> I suck at being God. I should not be the sovereign of the universe. I yield, you know. There is one who is wiser, nobler, kinder, more loving, patient, good, holy, wise than me. Yeah, I, yeah it's that I see things clearly. I need a king. I need to be a follower. Remember something Neil Anderson says very powerfully in one of his books. He says, the soul was never designed to be a master. Hmm. Hmm. It's just not designed to carry that load. Yeah. Right? Cast your cares on That's him good. because he cares for you. Right? Peter says, like, you're not supposed to be carrying the world on your shoulders. Be a follower. Don't be a sovereign. Yeah. 
So as painful as it may be, may it come quickly, that moment when we realize and we see things clearly, I long for a leader. I long for a king. Yes. Make yourself known to me. Yes. Show me as that one yes. that I will follow, that addresses and mm. answers the mm. deepest yearning of my heart. However difficult that may be. Mm-hmm. It's that posture that says, however difficult your instructions may be to me right now, I'd rather have you. Mm-hmm. I'd rather follow you than set up this independent kingdom that I know I'm going to crash into a wall at some point. Yeah. Yeah. What a change of rebellious, independent, I don't like this to the end. Yeah. It's seen clearly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We've moved in just two podcasts from what felt like some pretty serious pushback in the beginning to, whoa, right, when you begin to see things clearly, of course, of course, Jesus, of course you have my allegiance and my obedience. Because you are good and kind and loving and true and holy and everything that, that a good king should be. So friends, this is a second in what will be a series on things that God has to say to us about being leaders, being followers. But man, that's going to apply everywhere, in the home, in family structures, at work, certainly at church. And yeah, I mean, it's going to raise a lot of issues. There's a lot of questions already popping up out there. So we will address those. We'll get to that. Thanks for listening in on the Ransomed Heart Podcast. 